Welcome to the Talk Faith Podcast, an outreach ministry of Lone Star Church in Northwest Missouri. Each month, we will bring you a timely message of faith from the Word of God that we believe will make an impact in your life. Let's join Pastor C.F. Rainey for this month's message. Well, welcome into our November podcast. Uh, we're excited to talk faith with you again this month. And I uh, want to remind you, if you're listening, that you can always share this podcast and uh, promote it and let more people know about it and uh, be able to share the word that you're hearing. But for the month of November, we're going to be talking faith with Pastor Josh Bradaw from Louisiana, and uh, he is with Go Ministries, and we've had an amazing weekend. We're, we're recording this just after the weekend we had with he and his wife, uh, Pastor Lacey, and uh, their ministry team from Go, and uh, they were with our youth and our church this morning. And it's been an awesome, awesome time. So, Josh, I'll just let you maybe introduce yourself to everyone, uh, share about your family and uh, your ministry, where you're at right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm so honored to be a part of this. This is exciting. Um, yeah, for those who don't know me, my name is Josh Bradall, and my wife and I, we help lead and pastor Go Ministries. And we have done that for the last 15 years of our life. It has been such an honor. It's a ministry started by my father-in-law, Lacey's dad, uh, Steve Munns. And he just felt this vision birthed in him many years ago, back in 2000, 2001. Um, and I came as an intern in 2003, and I just knew that this was the place that God had called me to be. Um, and through there, obviously met my future wife. Now we have a beautiful family. Our oldest is 11. Her name is Mesa. And then our youngest is actually, he just turned eight. Um, and his name is Grayson. So yeah, God has blessed us so much. We absolutely love what we're doing right now. Yeah, we're based in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, we've been there for the last nine years. And we just became a part of a new church a couple years ago, Shreveport Community Church. Uh, being a part of that church has been the biggest blessing to us. Go Ministries, yes, but even our lives personally. Um, found our very best friends there, and our family is thriving. Found the school that our kids were supposed to be at. And so being at the right place at the right time, I'm telling you, it's it's key. And that, that's what we've found at our new season at Shreveport Community Church. So, yeah. Amen. So. For the most part in ministry, you all have been in youth ministry with, with Go, where you've uh, been out on the road and going to camps and things, Yeah. and so now you all are pastoring. Yes. And and so how has that transition been maybe a little different from, from being used to being out on the road with different kids kind of weekly or, or monthly and now to, to have your own flock there in, in Louisiana. It is so true. It was such a change for us, and it's so cool because God is so gracious. Um, he, he helps ease you into things when you need it. And so, yeah, when Lace and I first started, so 15 years ago on the road, we were traveling 38 to 42 weeks out of the year. So it was a ton of traveling, and we loved it. We wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, but then, yeah, as you get older and our marriage has developed and you start having kids, um, that has just changed our life in such a beautiful way. Um, and Lacey has done actually an amazing job at homeschooling our kids all of these years. And I'm so thankful that she's taken that up because we're seeing the fruit in our kids' life, which is so important to us. But yes, um, the last couple of years getting involved at our local church at Shreveport Community Church, where we serve and we love being plugged in there. We're so connected. Um, now we have a very local presence, a very local calling now, if you will. Again, moving from evangelist into a local pastor. So about 15 months ago, Lace and I started youth pastoring at our new church. 
Um, and that was just an invitation offered to us. And we really felt the Lord speak to us about it. It was in our hearts. It was in our pastor's hearts. And that has been the biggest blessing. So our youth group is called SC Youth, Shreveport Community Youth. And the, the young kids in that youth group have blown us away. Uh, long story, uh, try to make it a little shorter, but we used to travel to this church as a part of Go Ministries like 15 years ago, like between 10 and 15 years ago. And we would visit this youth group and I can vividly remember we would visit that youth group and we would be blown away by their passion and their hunger for the things of God. And so it's really cool to know that we visited there as evangelists in our very young years, but now God has called us to help youth pastor that as a, as a permanent ongoing thing. And so it's really kind of cool to see that cycle of legacy come to play. Um, but then, yeah, just serving on staff there as pastors and the community there is amazing. Our closest and best friends are there. And so, yeah, that shift has been really, really neat. And we're really, it's still new to us. So we're still diving into all that that means, but we're loving every second of it. Amen. And so maybe Josh, share. So so we know Lacey, right? Go Ministries, Pastor Steve. Yeah. Amazing, amazing man. He's yes. been to our church and we, we uh, love Pastor Steve so much. Uh, so Lacey grew up uh, a PK. Right, a preacher's kid. Yes. Her dad was in youth ministry. Uh, so maybe share like about your early life and and when you came to know Christ as your savior and and how you got into ministry. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, my parents told me that I said the salvation prayer when I was three years old. You know, <laughs> I don't really remember that, but I, I believe them. Obviously, that happened. But I remember at eleven years of age, it became real for me. Um, I believe uh, Basil Howard Brown came to my church. And I grew up in small towns, like 3,000 people, 12,000 people. Grew up in a small church, but I remember getting uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is when I really felt like my relationship with God became real to me, where I could really feel the evidence and see the fruit and just have my own passion and drive for it. Um, so again, I grew up in a small town, small church. Um, at the age of 13, I attended my first Acquire the Fire by Teen Mania, um, which those events back then, like, they were the peak, like they were the biggest events um, back then. And I went to my first one and I felt the call to ministry when I was 13 years old. I just knew it, it's just, you know how God works in a service when it, when his spirit is moving. And in my heart, I just felt that connection so strong knowing that I was set apart for the ministry for like the rest of my life. And so from that moment forward, we came home from that Acquire the Fire. We started the youth group in our church. And again, the church was like, we had just shifted to a new church to help our friends pastor a new church, and all of that went great. It went good. Um, but anyway, came home, started a youth group, started a worship team, and that was really the beginning of me getting involved in ministry as, as a young person. Okay, so so you're a teenager. You you catch the Holy Spirit, right? You catch something at, at yeah. this event, and, and we just had an event at our church. Yes. And—, and uh, just what parents, right, the importance, I know God told Nicole and I this a few years ago, um, that if you'll get your kids to where the Holy Spirit is moving, that he would take care of so much else in mm, our lives. Yeah. And just that importance of making an event or a special meeting or, or making sure you're in a church in a youth group, right, so for your important. kids. So not just that you're getting fed, but your your kids are getting fed so that they can hear from God, because ultimately that's what happened. You answered a call because you heard from God. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because when he speaks, it's so clear. It's so evident. And it's like, it's almost like, what choice do you have? Like, that was so audible. That was so clear that I just knew from that moment forward, like, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Amen. And so I'd, we, we talked uh, yesterday, 
and uh, just really had you and, and your wife on my heart about uh, this month. And I'm so glad it worked out that you all are with us and could join us on the podcast yeah. this month. Uh, but to talk today about the call of God, because so often, right, people are like, especially young people, are like, well, I don't, can I hear from God? And if I hear from God, does He have a plan for my life? And and what is the call? Is the call always ministry? Is the call something else? Yeah. And and so maybe just talk a little bit about about the call, maybe your experience or just things from the Word that you could share about the call of God, because everyone has one. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the biggest thing about the call of God that I was confused about as a young person or a teenager um, is that it always had to do with something that I was going to be asked to do, as in a responsibility list or a title. So for example, pastor, teacher, worship leader, when um, what I learned later on, and you know, I think there's all this pressure for a young person to know what they're called to, what is the calling of God. And I think what's most important, especially if you're a young person listening to this, is to realize that who God has called you to be is always more important than what he's called you to do. And the reality is us being able to execute what he's called us to do will not work out for us if we don't first discover and realize who he's called us to be. Um, now, as far as hearing the voice of God, that's everything, right? Like, how do you know what the call of God is? How do you respond to him without hearing his voice? And I, the way it's always been for me personally, and I can't speak for everybody, but for me, it's always been a still, calm voice. It's been not something that's audible to my natural ears, but it's almost like you have your thoughts in your mind that you can hear, and it always feels like it's, you know, up in my head, thoughts I'm processing. But when it came to the call of God for me, it was something I heard resounding or echoing in my heart. And that's how I identify with what God was calling me to do. Um, but yeah, the calling of God is not always to ministry. The calling of God is wrapped up in its essence is what his plan is for you. His calling is his plan, and that plan can vary. But being open and just having a close-knit relationship with God so that when he is speaking to you, you're open and clear to hear about it. Amen. I think it's so good what you mentioned that, right, who God has called you to be yeah. is more important than what, because I think we get wrapped up and, and you look at, I've got a son who's a junior in high school, so, right, juniors in high school, and we just noticed this this semester, he starts receiving all this mail from colleges and all this mail from all these different things about yeah. people that want him to, that's the next step, right? Take your next step with us and, and do this for your next step. And yeah. kids, they're taking standardized tests and they're taking career tests and personality tests and all these things that are supposed to tell them what they're supposed to be for the rest of life. What career am I supposed to have? What what job am I going to be? And it, it's so amazing that we ask teenagers to figure out their next 50 years Yes, when, when they're 17, 18 years yeah, old. Yeah, so much pressure. And, and the thing is, God does have a plan for each of these kids, but if they first understand who they are in Christ, mm -hmm. then it makes the rest of it so much easier. It really does, because that's the foundation of it all. You can't build a house without a right foundation, Amen. but who he's called you to be, and there are so many scriptures, too, that talk about who we're called to be. And if you look at any of the great characters that we look in the Bible, even though God asked them to do stuff, he would always be speaking words into them about who they were or what he wanted them to be tied along with what he was going to ask him to do in the future. No, so good. And you know, you mentioned uh, about hearing the voice of God and that still small voice. Uh, Paul calls it in, in Romans 8, he says, the inward witness. Yes, that's right. Right, because we are a spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in our spirit. And so, so often we're looking 
right? And and you go back to that still small voice, which is is from an Old Testament passage, which talks about the great wind and the great fire and all these yes. big, huge things are happening. It says, but God wasn't in the wind. God wasn't in the fire, but he was in the a still small voice. That's right. And, and I think so many times we miss God because we're looking for the spectacular. We're looking for the burning bush. We're looking for some booming voice from heaven. Absolutely. And yet God's wanting to talk to us all the time. And, and there is that call, not just for your life, your career, but but there's a daily call that we need to answer to for what yes. God's calling us to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, with that still small voice concept, sometimes we think that it means that it's it's weak or lacking strength. But to me, no matter how still and sweet and subtle that voice may be, to me, it carries such such strength and a form of power. It's like, wow, it's like, the voice I'm hearing feels so quiet and sweet, yet it's coming with this like, this power, this momentum along with it. And and it's interesting. You talked this morning about saying yes to God yeah. in, in our service this morning, and you used some examples from the Bible, and and it was things that were just stirring on the inside of me when I was thinking about the call of God, uh, and especially in the New Testament, the disciples. Yeah. Right. The, and there were times, right? Peter and his brother just out fishing. Jesus just walks by his. Hey, come follow me. Yeah. Right? Sometimes it's just that simple, right? Yes, exactly. It is that simple. Just like when I attended that choir of the fire, I could just feel it, you know? And then again, whenever you hear that call, there's the next step right there is how are we going to respond to it? You know what I mean? You had people that talk with Jesus and there was this conversation. Some people would respond to it and some people would be like, nah, I'm not ready for that yet. But yes, the example of the disciples they said yes. They abandoned everything to be able to follow what Jesus was asking them to do. And to me, that's just a perfect illustration of how we should do it too. Like whatever that takes, whatever plan I had made for myself, whatever ideas, whatever I thought I wanted to be, ultimately what God is saying is the best plan. It's the ultimate plan. And you think about Peter and his brother, right? They're they're fishermen. Yeah. And so they're, they're literally, Jesus calls them in the middle of fishing. I mean, they'd finished up, they're, they're taking care of yep. their stuff. And Jesus says, hey, come follow me. So so what do we figure, if you look at Old Testament history and, and history of the time, if they were fishermen, it means their father was probably a fisherman. It means their grandfather was probably a fisherman. Their great-grandfather was probably a fisherman. Yeah. That, that is all they knew in life is is to fish. And here they're, they're with their equipment, everything they need, and they literally dropped everything to answer the call of Jesus yes. to follow him, just simply follow him. Yeah, right. He didn't. He didn't say here are all the requirements. Here mm-hmm. the, you're going. You're going to have to cut your hair, right? You're going. You're yes. going to have to bring your grades up. You're, you're. You're going to have to get off your phone by midnight. You know. You're going to have to do all. He said, just just come follow me. Yeah, and I think that's so important because I think following the plan or the call of God sometimes man, including myself, has made it complicated when really it is simple. Like we were talking about this morning. Just whatever he says, just say yes to it. And then as you continue to walk it out in faith, he fills in the gaps or he'll fill in the details for you. Amen. You know, Jesus, his his first miracle, he's 30 years old. And I think that's so interesting because we all know there was a call of God on Jesus' life to be the Messiah, to be the Savior. Yes. Yet he lives his first 30 years not fulfilling that Totally. Call. Right, so we wouldn't look at Jesus and say he's a failure Mm-mm. because he didn't die on the cross at twelve or die at the, die on the cross at twenty. Yeah, right. He was thirty three when he died on the cross. He, so he fulfilled the call of God on his life, but he doesn't enter ministry for thirty years. So, so what's that mean? It means when he was a kid, he was a kid. He was going to church. He was learning things, but he was a kid. Right. He 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 wasn't 
walking across the bathtub, right? When when, when he's a kid, <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a kid, and, yeah. and he's growing, and we we know he honored his parents and he did things according to to scripture. He never sinned, yeah. But but he was a kid, and then as he got older, he's learning his earthly his stepfather's trade he's he's a carpenter yeah so jesus is building shelves and building homes and and doing those things yet all this time he's still answering the call of god on his life he's he's working towards that goal and then he gets to he's at a wedding with his mother and they run out of wine and she basically looks at him and this is paraphrasing yeah she says why don't you do something about it yeah and he says Leave me alone, mom. <laughs> right? It, it's just you, you. You tell your kid, and, and it's funny. You, you all had uh, your son get up on stage to to help tell a story, right? And you're just yeah. like, hey, tell this story, do this funny thing, right, with your kid. Yes. And and she's like, do something about it. And he's like, no, I don't want to. And she's like, no, it's time. Mm. Right. So his mom understood the call. Yeah. Because she had a call from God, and you mentioned that today. The angel came, and and she was called, and she said yes to that call. Yeah. And so then Jesus. Is getting ready to to answer the call, step into ministry for the first time, first miracle, and his mother says these words. She says, "Whatever he tells you to do, do it." And, and to me, Nike stole it. Yes, just do it, right? Nike stole yes. a, a scripture, this this really momentous scripture of the first miracle. Just do it. Yeah, and and ultimately that's it, right? We complicate the call, but ultimately, and you mentioned it, it's just do it. Absolutely. It's just saying yes, no matter what it is. If that's a call to business, if that's a call to ministry, if that's a um, a call to being an athlete, whatever it is, yes, just the this, this simple yes. Like, So if I think about 13 years old, hearing the calling of God and looking at where I'm at today, like those details were not disclosed, but that's part of it, right? Fulfilling our, fulfilling our calling is walking out in faith. And I remember when I first got started in Go Ministries, so again, came as an intern in 2003, thinking, okay, I'm just here, I'm just here to play guitar, right? Like, I feel called to ministry, I love worship, every young person loves worship, I'm just here to play guitar. And now looking at all the things that I've done, you know, throughout my involvement in history, especially teaching or preaching the gospel, the moment that was offered to me, I was like, nah, like, that's not it. You know what I mean? But again, each step of the journey of the calling, just saying yes, being available, being willing, that's what keeps you in that call. Amen. And and so it's interesting. I look back on my own life, and, you know, as a kid, I, I grew up in church. My mom always made sure we were in church. Uh, I got I got born again. I was 16. Uh, all my siblings, I have three older and one younger, they were all born again at younger ages than me, and I don't know I heard it and I believed it, but I'm just like I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to respond to this. And and then finally did as a teenager. And then I remember being in high school and you know all my friends are like well, we're going to go to college. And and my older siblings, all three had went to college. And I'm getting ready to graduate. And I'm getting calls from colleges. I'm getting calls from recruiters for the armed services. I remember this marine recruiter was just. Uh, after me hard, right? He's trying to fulfill his quote or something, because I, I was a scrawny, <laughs> yeah. skinny little kid. I was not cut out. You don't look at me and say, Marine. But but he's he's calling me, and I'm like, I don't want to do this, but I don't want to do that. And I ended up, I go to college, University of Missouri, and um, I'm there, I'm undecided, because I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I, I was born again, but I had no understanding about uh, how to hear from God. Not because he didn't want to speak to me or do that, it's because I had no knowledge of it. 
Uh, I'd never been taught how to hear from the Spirit of God, which is one of the most important things you can teach your kids and, yeah. and teach people that are born again. And I remember I was at college one day, and one of the few times I was studying one night, <laughs> I'm walking back from the library uh, at the University of Missouri, and I'm walking alone across campus, and I hear this faint something. I'm like, man, what is that? So I stop, and I hear it again, and it's coming from behind a tree off the sidewalk. And so I walk around behind this tree, and here's this older gentleman that worked on campus, and he'd, he was crippled, and he used crutches, and he'd fallen, and he couldn't get, get back up. And so I help him back up, and I dust him off, and I, I look down. I notice his shoe was untied. He tripped on his shoelace, so I tie his shoe for him. And I'm like, sir, can I help you to your car? And he said, no, it's just right here. And so I, I watched and waited till he got to his car. And I remember walking back. I, I wasn't serving God at the time. and In fact, I I got into some disobedience at the time. But something on the inside, I know now it was the Spirit of God in my spirit, right? It was that still, small voice, that inward yeah. witness was like, you're called to do more than what you're doing here. And I'm like, I want to help people, but I'm like, how? What, what am I supposed to do? So I still didn't have that understanding. Yeah. But I can look back in my life, you, you know, in, in my early 20s, like I think 20 years old, and say that that's really when I started to get a sense for really what my true calling was. Yeah. Because I, I didn't have an understanding, but it was always there. And, and I'm sure if you look back at your life, you can see instances where it was there that maybe you didn't see it as clearly as you did as you got older, but it was yeah. always there right alongside with you the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that uh, Lace and I together is we teach all the young people that come into Go Ministries about, because really coming to Go Ministries, it can just be a time set aside, yes, to help build your foundation and all of those fundamental elements, but also give you a chance to kind of declutter your life and just break down all the noise, right? And just be able to hear from God. And one thing we encourage them is like, the more that you read his word and spend personal devotional time with him, the more you start getting acquainted with his voice, his language, how he speaks. And you know, after you know someone for a while, you can hear someone call your name and you may not be able to see them. They may be afar off. There may be other voices going on, but you can be like, wait, I recognize that, vi that voice. So for me, like that's Pastor Steve Munns. For me, that's my wife. Like they can speak anywhere in a room and there can be a hundred people in that room, but I can pick out their voice. To me, it's because we've become so well acquainted. So some, I know young people worry about, well, was that, was that just voices in my head? Was that thoughts in my head? Or is that the spirit of God speaking? And you see in John chapter 10 about that his sheep know his voice and the voice of a stranger, they do not follow and that those sheep follow their shepherd. And so to me, it's like, what can I do to get more acquainted with the voice of God? It's not just experience after experience after experience of hearing an audible voice or an inward voice. It's developing my skill to understand what does he sound like? What does he feel like? And then that personal devotional time with God through, I mean, that can be devotional books, that can be reading scripture. But to me, I feel like, because during that season, so 13 years old, hearing the calling of God, you know, and 11 years old, my relationship with God really feeling real for me. I remember during that season, just, I would wake up every morning before school and just be getting into a devotional book. So if I'm honest, during that age, just reading the straight up Bible was hard for me. Yeah. But I would find devotional books that I feel like I could absorb easier. And as I did that, I felt like it kind of set me up for, oh, I understand how he talks, you know? Yeah.
Amen. And and it's interesting. I've I've used this analogy, right? That that scripture's so good. Jesus said, My sheep know my voice. You go back to Samuel, right? His mom had left yes. him in the temple with Eli the priest because she had dedicated him to the Lord because she believed God and, and there was a miracle. She couldn't have children and had Samuel. And and that night that God speaks to him, he's like, Samuel. And Samuel thinks it's Eli. So he's mm-hmm. like, Hey, what'd you want? And Eli's like, Man, I sleep. Leave me alone. Go back to bed. And again, God speaks and he says, Samuel. And again, he goes to Eli and says, priest, Eli, what, what, what do you want? He said, it wasn't me. Go back to bed third time. Finally, Eli's like, that's God speaking to you. That's, that's not me. That's God speaking to you. Next time he, he calls your name, say, yes, God, it's me. What is it? Yeah. And, and I think, right, we, we complicate this and we think, well, how do I, how do I hear God's voice? And, and is it God or is it me? I, as a pastor, 18 years, I can't tell you how many times I've been asked that not just from young people, but from adults. Is it God or is it me? I know I hear something. My sheep know my voice, right? How do you become familiar with the voice? You just said it, and you think about it. In the old days, right, I'm, we're sounding old now, <laughs> but, and you're younger than me, but both of us, and you look a whole lot younger than me, <laughs> yes. but, but both of us remember a time when a phone would ring at your house and there was no caller ID. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I tell kids, and they have no idea because none of these kids today have ever seen a phone hanging it's on so a wall. True. <laughs> and and then I said the phone would ring, and you'd be like, "Who? I wonder who it is." Yeah, you, you had no idea. There, you right? Your phone rings. It says your wife's name or someone else's name. You know exactly yes. who it is. You had no idea. And sometimes you would pick it up, and the other person would say, "Hey, it's me." And you would wreck it. Oh, grandma, or hey, aunt, yeah. whatever, or your friend. Why? Because you recognize that voice because you had heard it not just once, mm-hmm. not just twice, but you'd heard it time and time again. Exactly. And Jesus wants to have that relationship with us that, hey, it's me. Yeah, 100%. That you, that you just see and, and, and know that. And so that, that call is, is so important, and, and we can complicate it, and we can make it be uh, so big that it's like, oh, it, it's this moment. Right, I have this burning bush moment, like yes. like Moses, and it's oh, and I'm going to lead my people, and I'm going to do this, and I'm. But sometimes it's just, hey, it's me. I want to talk to you. It, it, hey, it's me. Yes. I want you to to just walk with me Absolutely. today, or or something like that. And and so, um, may, maybe just talk about that. What what that maybe that daily call is like for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, having that familiar, acquainted. I understand what his voice is. And to me, that comes from that daily devotion. And and that's the thing, too. You even look at Jesus and some of the, like the miraculous conversations he had, right? So let's take uh, John chapter 4, so the woman at the well, right? And he starts talking about worshipers. And it's where we find that scripture. Those who worship me must worship me in spirit and truth. Um, but it, just this common conversation where Jesus just starts reading this woman's mail. And even with the disciples illustration we gave earlier, Jesus was just like, hey, come out and follow me. Really, the miraculous, I believe, is commonly found in the ordinary. And so sometimes, like you said, we're waiting for this big, thunderous moment when the reality is, if everyone, at least young people, I feel like especially, they can be worried about what their next step is. And I always encourage every young person I come into contact with is, listen, just stay closely acquainted with with Jesus all the time. And when it's time to make a turn, when it's time for something to change, you'll already just be right there in conversation with him. You don't have to make this drastic change of, oh, this is a big deal. You'll just be like, oh, okay, here's the next thing. So to me, one aspect of the calling of God is just listening to him 
small turn after small turn after small turn. And, you know, you can give this um, illustration about trajectory, right? You, you, if you're, say you're aiming a gun or something and you just move it over just one inch, but you look at that, what that one inch will do like three miles down the road, it ends up being massive. And I think so many people are just looking for the massive turns, the massive changes when really it's just about a tiny little detail just staying in tune moment after moment, day after day, which really becomes a very easy discipline, easier than actually trying to like tune in really hard once every five or 10 years, you know? Amen. Amen. And so Josh, we're, we're nearing the end of this, which is crazy as I'm looking at the clock. Time time, time now. (laughs) And, and, and so if, if you were talking to someone that's listening to this, that, that maybe they feel like they don't know where their trajectory is, that, that they're, they're lost in, and it can be someone young, uh, so someone older, because you could be my age, you could be forty, you could be fifty years old, and yeah. be like, "Hey, I know I've went this way, but I just, I, I don't." Is that where God's called me? Is am I doing? If there were just a couple things you could say to those people that maybe feel like they're, they're lost and they don't know where, what direction they need to be heading in, uh, what what would that be? Yeah, well, I'll give a few pieces here. The first one is I would say for sure, get back into your relationship with God as close as you possibly can be. But more than that, I'll echo some advice that I was given as a young person and I'm still given even to this day. And that is go back to the last thing that you knew that was right for you. Go back to the last thing that you knew God called you to do. Go back and just start there and be faithful with that. And then from there, I feel like he can kind of get that started again and build up the momentum. But also my advice would be don't make it too complicated. Keep it simple. Just Lord, what do you want me to do? And in a daily practice, I love how you mentioned that because I think that is so important. God, what do you want me to do? Maybe he tells you to deliver a meal to a homeless guy that you saw in your town or in your city that needed help. The more you start tuning in and obeying that voice, and then, and then I'm reminded of Luke 16:10. He was faithful with a very little thing; will be faithful in much. It's like be faithful to those small, like voices, those urges where God is leading you to do something. And as you do that, you're like, oh, okay. And then you start finding yourself in sync. You start finding yourself in a rhythm, and those things build momentum and will get you right back where you need to be. Amen. I, re- I remember one time I was in town. I was driving out by where all the fast food places and gas stations are. And uh, there was a young man walking and, and he was obviously crippled. He was walking with a limp and, and I drove by and I'm, I'm going right to Walmart or something. I'm, I need to get something. I see him yeah. and, and I just look over and I'm like, God bless that young man. Mm. And, and I clearly heard, he says, why don't you bless him? Mm. Right. Yes. And, and again, I, I think sometimes we're, 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 we're looking in. And so often that, that call is right there and it's something simple and it's something small. And so I turned my truck around, mm-hmm. I was in my pickup and I turned around, I stopped and I was like, Hey, can I give you a ride? And he's like, no, I'm great. It's a nice day. I'd, I'd prefer to walk. I said, okay. And you think, well, why would God do that? Cause God knew he wasn't going to take the ride. It was God getting me to understand when he speaks to me, I need to be obedient to 100%. that. I need to answer that call. And I, and I would encourage you, and I know this is our podcast, but if, if you go back uh, to our Sunday morning worship service here on November 7th at church, uh, our live stream on Facebook, uh, Pastor Josh preached an amazing message on saying yes to God and uh, what's on the other side of that. And uh, you can look at both services because a little different. You can put them together and watch that. But it, it was so good, and it really kind of led into what we were talking about today. And I so appreciate you being with me today, taking the time uh, here before, after you preached twice this morning, 
and uh, been serving all weekend and to be with us on the podcast. And uh, we hope you all enjoy it and remember to share this and uh, let people know because I really enjoy and and I'm thankful for you being with me today. Uh, God gave us the name Talk Faith, and and that's just what we've done. We've, yeah, we've sat here and just I talked scripture, it. and and enjoyed it. So I appreciate uh, you being with me. We so appreciate you and Pastor Lacey, Pastor Steve, and Becky, and uh, Go Ministries has been such a blessing to us at our church, and uh, we're thankful that you all have listened, and look forward to being with you again next month. Thank you for joining Pastor C.F. Rainey on the Talk Faith Podcast. Remember, if you are in Northwest Missouri, we would love for you to worship with us in person on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11. For more information about us, please visit our website at LoneStarChurch.org or follow us online on Facebook and Instagram. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so others can share in the word. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to being with you again next month for another faith-building message from the Word of God.